Hello, welcome to the D&D Roundtable presented by The Tome Show. I'm your host, James Intercasso. Please use the affiliate links on thetomeshow.com whenever you shop on Amazon or D&D Classics to help support the show. Just go to thetomeshow.com, click on the links in the show notes for this episode or any other, and then you shop as you normally would. We'd also like to thank our sponsor for this podcast, noblenight.com, where Out of Print is available again. They have D&D and other tabletop RPGs. Any edition any product. With Noble Knight, you can even sell them your old gaming products you aren't using anymore. Let's hear a quick word from them. Noble Knight is an online game store. D&D, they got that and more. And if you think out of print games are nice, shop Noble Knight cause they've got the best price. And if you got gaming products to sell, then Noble Knight will buy them as well. So go to the place where gaming's the bomb, and head over to NobleKnight.com. And don't forget to tell them the Tone Show sent you. Today is all about Sword Coast Legends. And with me are the gentlemen of the D&D V&G podcast. Let's yeah. Show. Yeah, here it is. <laughs> this is like when those computer nerds from the X-Files did the spot on X before they got their own show. <laughs> Didn't you, you know, made the show yeah, before right. last time? You yeah. The, same the long gunman. Last time the long gunman. <laughs> oh, man, that must be one good joke. The fact that <laughs> That's our the episode. Wait, guys, the fact that our stand-up comedian made the same joke twice, I don't know if that's amazing or terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give Vegas the benefit of the doubt and say it's amazing. (laughs) Thank you. My brain just goes to the most perfect joke in any situation. (laughs) (laughs) The most perfect X-Files joke in any situation. You guys have already met the panel, but let's kick things off with our get-to-know-you question. What will be your first character that you create in sword coast legends rudy basso we will start with you i'm gonna go elf wizard i you know magic user is a good person to be in these games because uh often the npcs you find there won't be a lot of those so i think it's a good starting class to to be the wizard and then add to the the retinue from there Awesome. Great choice. Great choice. What about you, Alex Basso? I'm going to continue my my classic character from other uh, older games, such as Baldur's Gate and Icewind Dale, and go with a paladin, human paladin, named Sir Alex of Alexland. I really hope there's enough characters in the name to let me fit that entire thing in. (laughs) Also, I'm a very creative person. And, of course, with me, he puts the V in D&D, V&G, Vegas Lancaster. What will be the first character you create in Sword Coast Legends? I'm going to do what I do in every RPG game. I'm going to make a cool rogue with a lot of interesting uh, skill and uh, cool uh, characteristics besides combat. And then I'm going to find out it's super useless in the game and re-roll as a fighter. (laughs) (laughs) And Greg Blair, who is the G in D&D V&G. 
That's right, baby. What will be the first character you? That's create? not right. For the record, <laughs> that's not right. Vegas, isn't that one hundred percent correct? Uh, it seems pretty obviously correct. <laughs> what will be the first character you create in Sword Coast Legends, Greg? I'm gonna have to go with a human because I'm hoping they roll with the feats wizard because. Not that there aren't a few wizards on the NPC list, but obviously the number one character I'm going to try to recruit is the Darrow Rogue, which means I need to be able to murder things with spells, and he can murder them with the you know stabby roguey things. And I love the evil bad guy characters. I don't know why. I have a problem. Maybe <laughs> I'll make mine a ne- my wizard a necromancer. I don't know. We'll see what goes. Awesome, awesome. Well, I cannot wait to play with all of you in Sword Coast Legends. It looks like this is dropping for Mac, Linux, and PC on September 8th. Later this year, uh, after those are released, we should see the PS4 and Xbox One versions of the game as well. Now, if you have not been following the Computer World news, uh, Sword Coast Legends is, of course, a... D&D video game that's coming out. It's going to use the uh, 5th edition rule set for a lot of the uh, base of what the characters and stuff can do. At launch, we're going to see you can have elf, half-elf, human, dwarfs, and halflings. Uh, And then you can have class-wise fighter, cleric, rogue, wizard, ranger, and paladin. You know, there's going to be a a cool single-player campaign to go along with this that takes place, no surprise, in Forgotten Realms on the Sword Coast, but a lot of what people are talking about is the multiplayer experience, uh, which allows a player to step into the role of Dungeon Master, uh, and it's being compared to Neverwinter Nights, um, you know, put more creatures on the board, uh, create traps, lay things down, adjust encounters on the fly. Sounds like the DM is supposed to have a lot of improvisational ability. Uh, It is, by all counts and all reviews, especially after the E3 conference, which is a big press conference for video game uh, people and magazines and journalists and stuff, it sounds like it is very close to bringing D&D to video game form. I, though, want to talk to you guys. We're going to break it down. We're going to talk about everything. We're going to talk about single player multiplayer experience but first i just want to go around the table let's talk about what are you guys most excited to do in this video game rudy basso let's start with you oh absolutely the multiplayer i uh i am so excited to run through a dungeon it really is four versus one in terms of uh playing against the dungeon master you know neverwinter nights you kind of created the dungeon you created it and then the the players went in it and that was kind of it this is really the dungeon master is still in there he's still making enemies for you to fight he's still creating the rooms and the traps two two doors ahead of you it seems really really exciting and like you said improvisation is going to be important so i think uh i think it, it looks so cool Yeah, a lot of the videos that are coming out of this show DMs, you know, very easily on the fly adjusting things. Neverwinter Nights, you were able to do that, but it also required some careful planning. And this seems like you can really adjust things as you go, which is crazy. Uh, From what it looks like, I'm pretty sure the DM could, you know, you can publish adventures and stuff and not have to be there. 
But obviously then you're ignoring probably the coolest thing about the multiplayer is the way they've, or what seems like the most interesting part of the multiplayer aspect for the DM is this concept that they have a threat. You know, like, so as the players progress and, and, and kill things and find treasure and whatever, then the DM gets more threat that they can then spend to pull out giant spiders or put more traps in or whatever. So there's a re- there's some resource management there. It's not just, I'm the DM, I'm going to murderize all of you, and then the ceiling collapses. I mean, I Yeah, that's, that's what collapse, I like, but. is the, the kind of competitive aspect of it. You know, DM doesn't have full uh, crazy abilities. He, he, yeah. is, he does have a ceiling that he mm-hmm. has to stay beneath so it, it'll be interesting yeah, to see. it's really yeah i'm really fascinated with how that's actually going to play out over a longer session or over multiple adventures or something you know never winter nights you could just flood the board with balors and and whatever you wanted and crush Trouble. your party yeah if you wanted to <laughs> <laughs> which makes me think of alex basso Alex Basso, <laughs> what are you most excited for in Sword Coast Legends? Uh, so I am very excited to be a DM and mm-hmm. to try my best to kill people. Uh, <laughs> hopefully something I will succeed at a lot. But honestly, what I'm just really, really pumped for is uh, experiencing other people's dungeons. If they make a, a system that allows uh, maybe like a rating, a community rating of like player created content. Like this is a game that you could put hundreds and hundreds of hours in. Uh, I just think to the Neverwinter MMO, which has a mission design or a quest design feature, which is decent. I played around with a bit. I didn't actually finish anything, but I've also played a bunch of user created content, which is it's good, but it's not great just because the way the Neverwinter MMO works, I feel like you're kind of missing a little bit when you go off the player-created stuff. Uh, I just love that, you know, if, if they have this fantastic ability cre- to create dungeons and to create whole quest lines of branching dialogue and maybe even, you know, branching quests, uh, you know, players are going to make some amazing things. And it's just going to extend the lifespan of this game for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny, I remember Neverwinter Nights and trying to build something with their crazy tile set and and DM toolbox took a long time. Like, it took forever to connect a door to a new area that you had to build and everything. Granted, I was in high school at the time, so uh, slightly different experience, but it, it, it took a long time to figure that stuff out. It sounds like this tool set building things is so easy which is yeah awesome. all the previews seem to be stating that it's very easy to use it's very intuitive so if it's easy then there's only going to be more stuff made vegas what are you most excited about for sword coast legends most excited to play alone in my basement a great single player campaign directed by dan tudge who also directed dragon age origins great mm-hmm. game mm-hmm. and uh I'm excited to have my friends say, Vegas, come play this game online with me. And have to say, ugh, all right. <laughs> Great. Um, Thanks, buddy. Is that always how you react when we ask you? No, guys, guys, guys. The point he's trying to make is that he wants the single player to be so amazing and he's so excited for it that he won't want to stop playing, even though he loves to play with us so much. Correct. Right, Vegas? Yeah. Or Vegas, are you saying you're worried it's going to be like playing Diablo 2 and you won't get any story when you play multiplayer? (laughs) That was 
Oh God, playing Diablo two with other people is the worst. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I wonder what this guy wants to say. No, gotta go kill things. I've already heard it, pal. Oh. Uh, I feel like if you're yeah. playing Diablo for the story, guys, there's Diablo there's right? a devil. Of Ray Fallon is throwing a glass across the room right now. He's so upset by what he just heard, Vegas Lancaster. <laughs> <laughs> Diablo's got a great story. Greg Blair, what are you most excited about for Sword Coast Legends? I think I'm going to have to go with Vegas. I'm really excited to dive into the single player. I really like the cast of characters that they've fleshed out so far, the NPCs. As much as I love custom community content and stuff like that, and I think it's going to be really exciting to get murdered by Alex. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, dude, I'm so pumped that you said you're really excited to be a DM, because yeah. that's that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know, this single-player campaign just sounds really interesting. As kind of sick as I am getting of Faerun, uh, the, the NPCs that they've thrown out there, especially Izkin, Iz, Izkin? I don't know how to say that yet, Lord of the Dark. I mean, that guy sounds like a lot of fun to be around. <laughs> well, why don't we talk a little bit about that single-player experience? As uh, Vegas brought up, Dan Tudge, who directed Dragon Age Origins, which... I'm pretty sure is known for having a friggin' great story, uh, is directing this game. So, Greg, talk to me a little bit about these NPCs and what makes you so excited for them. And I should mention to people, all the videos we're talking about and all of the various reports and things that we're talking about will be linked over at thetomeshow.com in the show notes for this episode of The Roundtable so they can check out the characters there. But what is it that you love about them so much? All right, so, so far, they released eight NPCs, right? And within those eight NPCs, they have some some established relationships between a few of them, right? Um, you've got a brother and sister halfling duo. You've got uh, an elf and a dwarf. The dwarf who is super excited to be accompanying this elf, right? Um, so they've, they've got some established relationships there. But they've also got, you know, the typical, you gotta have a bad guy racing there, right? So they have the Darrow Rogue, and he sounds like he's kind of insane, <laughs> which sounds, which obviously drew me right away. My favorite NPC in Neverwinter was the murderous, death cultist, dwarf monk guy, right? So right up my alley. <laughs> but then they've got like this kind of bumbling human necromancer. So right off the bat, these NPCs are telling me a lot about what's gonna be in the game, but also giving me clues maybe they'll actually have all of the different um like uh schools that you can be for a wizard you know maybe they'll have all of the various subclasses over the six classes that they're including right dan Tudge has said on multiple occasions actually that they're a small team and they're focused on quality and smaller scope so a smaller amount of really high quality stuff. So that's why they're not releasing with a ton of race and class combinations. So the clues that I get from these NPCs, even apart from the interesting characterizations, really just tell me more about the game that they've kind of only hinted at and I really want to check out. Yeah, and it's funny. I, you know, Like you said about the necromancer human, they're describing him as a necromancer with a heart of gold. On this NPC page, every NPC gets at least three lengthy paragraphs of description before we're even in the game, just on the website. 
Uh, and I, that to me tells me the single player story is going to have a lot of depth to it, which is very D and D and very five E because they're focusing on story. The art for these characters on the source website is gorgeous. They're the eight NPCs that they are giving you previews of. Uh, they're just so well characterized just by the the one piece of art that each of them has. So I I just uh, I think the game is going to have a ton of great art in it well and vegas talk to me a little bit about why you're so excited for the single player game well uh i mean what drives me the most to play uh video games particularly rpgs is i like getting caught up in a story and being involved in a story Uh, i think it's a really really great storytelling medium as what video games are in addition to uh a fun thing to just tool to blow off steam and blow stuff up but i love stories in a game and uh i think i agree with alex i'm interested to see in what the community is going to come up with and uh what mods and things we see in the future but i doubt you're going to get a better story than what's released with the game a dm on the fly right can really give you some interesting story so a little bit of that yes and yeah yeah exactly it's the things that you might just not be able to get from a game so that'll be interesting to see uh rudy why don't you talk to me a little bit about how you feel are you even going to check out the single player game i know you love multiplayer games because you love to get together and play games online with your friends um you are the king of cooperative gaming and i love that about it's true um (laughs) How do you think you'll check out the single player experience at all? Uh, I I don't know. It's and that's a personal thing. I've been kind of getting away from the single player RPGs because I find them overwhelming at times. There's just so much. But I do love what Greg mentioned is the relationships. One of my favorite things about Dragon Age, about Baldur's Gate, was the interparty banter. So just seeing that they're already focusing on a brother and sister and other kind of relationship stuff, I hope that that makes a a big appearance in this game and that you have people arguing and not liking each other because they're different alignment and uh, stuff like that. But um, yeah, it seems interesting. I don't know. I might actually just like watch Alex play or something, but uh, we'll see. He's better at me than these games like so much better than me than these. So we'll see. (laughs) Can I tell you something else I love about the art on this uh, this website? Absolutely. Of the women NPCs that they're giving us previews of, none of them are on a stick. <laughs> uh, I was going to say something about that too, but maybe a little more eloquent. It's awesome. Uh, You've got I mean... a, like a, a badass dwarf girl who has a Macklemore haircut and a nose <laughs> uh, You've got uh, a sassy-looking halfling with a big butt, and the uh, the elf woman who would be, I guess, most likely to be uh, the character they would sexy up. She's wearing reasonable combat armor. Hooray! <laughs> uh, yes, yes. I-, I think that they are doing a good job uh, keeping within sort of the themes already established in the core rule books where there's not a lot of like hey chainmail bikinis and and that kind of thing uh this this art style seems reminiscent of that but also like it's its own thing it feels like it's its own sword coast legends 
brand within the the D and D world, which I think kudos to the brand team at D and D for doing that. I mostly agree with Vegas. Um, you know, like some some heels in the boots, and while they may not be um, cleavage on a stick, I'll tone mine down a little bit. Uh, the ladies, <laughs> sorry, it, it's like I would maybe want a little more, but you know. I still think the art is gorgeous. A little and, more what? Um, a little, sorry, maybe a little less like the halfling that you mentioned, right? She's got kind of a ridiculous silhouette, and she's still pretty cleavagey. Um, well, like her proportions they, look weird. Like right, her waist. that's what I mean. The, well, the yeah. silhouette. But she's not a fine. human. Yeah, I was gonna say, look at the halflings in the in the player's handbook. They're also proportioned <clears throat> strange. Right. You know, not so, like humans. But on the plus side, right, what I was going to roll into is that um, maybe I'm just being a stick in the mud, right? But like that dwarf, uh, Jarheel, the lady dwarf with the Macklemore haircut, if you will, she looks super awesome. And like you said, James, they have this sort of characterization, the style that they present. You know, it's, I don't want to say cartoony, exaggerated a little bit. You know, like in terms of the proportions and the sizes and like how the characters are portrayed and like little extra touches that on their wardrobes that really make them pop. You know, the necromancer got got his belt with all the little vials and everything. You know, his boots have this kind of outlandish turn down. Like all these little details on them really make them pop. And it's, it's such a nice style. It's very, it's very refreshing. So that's that's really good. I like that a lot. I'm not complaining. Yeah, yeah. The, this art is really cool and hopefully reflective of the care that they're putting into the video game. Alex Basso, talk to me a little bit. Uh, you said you're excited to DM. Uh, I am excited to play with you as a DM. Are you excited for the single-player game? Uh, to be honest, I'd say I'm not that excited, but that has a lot to do with the fact that in the past six months... I've played uh, both Pillars of Eternity and Dragon Age Inquisition, which are two <laughs> very similar games. Oh my god! Uh, and yeah. I think just in general, my enthusiasm for this type of game is not at its highest uh, at the moment. I mean, I'll still definitely play it, but it's not uh, you know, it's not the unique feature that this game is bringing, which is the DM mode. That's like by far my number one, you know, what I'm looking for. Yeah, uh, the multiplayer, you know, to be able to do that. Um, the single player story, I mean, there's not too much. I mean, you know, they'll get more info, uh, you know, as it gets closer to the release. I do like that of the characters, they don't seem to be just going stereotypical D and D characters. You don't have your, uh, you know, there's two halflings and neither of them are of are, are a rogue, which was I, I was shocked. I thought for sure, just looking Rin Lightfingers at her picture, that she was going to be the rogue. Right. Um, you know, the dwarf, there's a bearded dwarf who's not a fighter who loves drinking. Oh, I think he does love drinking, but, you know, he's not a dwarf he's fighter. He's a rogue, though. Yeah, he's a rogue. Yeah, dwarf rogue. Uh, female rogue dwarf bad. fighter. I feel like female dwarfs are almost never in an, in any game mm-hmm. uh, as an NPC. So this I like that, that the characters are, are different than what you, you're normally expecting. Can we talk a second about the fact that there's no paladin? in the NPCs revealed yeah, yet. That, I wonder if Yeah, I'm happens. hoping they're not all revealed cuz I mean it, just yeah. based on the class list alone there's only one cleric and there's no paladins. Uh, I haven't played these types one of these types of games that doesn't require a dedicated healer. 
So that would really suck if you were kind of forced into using the cleric only. But I mean, it's early. I'm not going to just assume they're done introducing characters. Yeah, oh. yeah. And they could be saving stuff for release, and you know, there could be some DLC coming out. I, oh, I man. think I think there's there's more to see. There's yeah, got to be more definitely. characters. And one thing that they haven't really talked about, you know, you mentioned TLC. Unless I've mentioned now, I haven't seen every interview, but I've watched a bunch of the other Twitch live casts. You know, I've read a lot of the articles, and I don't recall. They seem to be kind of cagey about like, oh, we'll do that after release. But they don't. I don't think they've explicitly said DLC. So maybe this is just irrational optimism. Maybe they'll uh, like free content update. Maybe? Maybe? Uh, I don't know. My guess is no, but a boy can dream. That is very possible, but also uh, it is probably a good marketing strategy to not mention the DLC pre-release. Because if we recall, a certain game called Evolve got hammered (laughs) by the public for all the DLC that they planned and have talked about pre-release. Probably one of the worst examples in sure. the last year and a half that you could use of Evolve. They were the most gratuitous, probably. Yeah, but so that keeping that close point. to the chest might be a good decision. Yeah, a, a I PR hate hearing about planned DLC before a game is even <laughs> released. I mean, in my mind, DLC is supposed to be like, wow, this game was really successful. Uh, let's make some more of it. Not, oh, what can we get out of these guys? <laughs> what features can we hold off on releasing even though we're making counterpoint you have a schedule you have what you think you can get in the schedule and then if you wait to see how successful the game is you've got dead time you're gonna lay off everyone for a month or two if if you plan on supporting the game it's i think it's okay to build that stuff into the schedule you know day one dlc maybe that maybe not but you know, if you say you're going to drop a DLC if it comes out in September and they're going to drop one in December, I don't have an issue with that. You know what I mean? You're keeping people employed. You're trying to plan with the buzz of what's going. I don't know. That doesn't. That's not shady to me at all. People want people want stuff. They want more content. You're trying to run your business too, and you got to keep in mind the employees at the place and the scheduling. So that's that's fine with me. Well, I think the other thing to keep in mind is that this game, if you pre-order it right now on Steam, which you can do, is $35, which is not super expensive for a game that it sounds like is going to have the playability that this is going to have over and over again. Uh, it sounds like it's 40 bucks if you buy it after it comes out. Um, so if there is, say you do need to pay another five to 10 bucks to get a a pack with some extra classes and races, maybe a little extra storyline, you still aren't paying 60 bucks for a game. Uh, so that's not bad. It will be interesting to see how this turns out because we do know, we don't know how it's coming out, but we do know that they plan to have more content after release. They have said that. Yeah. I think, uh, Vegas is referencing that Dan Tudge is the lead on this is also, uh, telling, I would think, um, he was Dragon Age Origins. Dragon Age had a great expansion to it, um, so I would not be surprised if his idea for the game and his timeline includes uh, a post-release DLC. I, I just hope it's 
more Dragon Age-esque content. Like, there was a whole expansion that had a whole new questline and all this stuff. And not little, like, new class that you can play, new monsters that you can buy in the in the DM mode. Where That's that's the big tipping point for me is, what's, what's this DLC going to be like? I think there might be DLC monsters, though. Unless... The Beholder is a special edition exclusive for the DM only, and you can never get it ever again, which I think people would be upset about because Beholder's pretty uh, iconic D&D monster. Yeah. Um, so that's the only thing that I'm a little unsure about. Uh, I'd really, I don't know, you make a really good point, Rudy, about them not, you know, they really shouldn't talk about this stuff too much beforehand. I mean, it's not super early. They're coming out in less than three months. But I just I wonder about that. Yeah, I mean, just in general, through reading all this stuff where they say that we'll support it, and like you said, the Beholder Monster, I kind of have a very, I guess, pessimistic uh, kind of feeling that this might be a game that really tries to push the DLC on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they were to offer monsters, tile sets, all this unique DM stuff, along with every class being priced, like they could really push the DLC hard on you. And Rudy, you mentioned, yeah, Dragon Age did have an expansion, but they also uh, had tons of little stuff. Yeah, uh, I mean, that was that early, also was DLC. I would think that... No, that was even after the expansion. They, yeah, they had, like... advertised for the DLC in the game. Yes. Oh, I know, that that's never happened again. And it was also a game that I remember, I'm pretty sure Bioware was like, we have a whole two-year plan, you know, of DLC for this. This was before everyone was freaking out about, uh, you know, like the Evolve thing. I think that just in general, the consumer has gotten more and more angry about DLC uh, to mm-hmm. the point where you can't really talk about it before the game starts. This all might be a completely moot point, though, depending on how open the modability is mm-hmm. you know what i mean if if someone can design a tile set and especially if they can throw it up on the steam workshop they haven't really announced whether or not they haven't confirmed or denied whether they're going to have workshop integration to me it seems like a no-brainer but i don't know exactly what's entailed in making that compatible so maybe it's too much work <laughs> but maybe i'll just go get my um be watcher eye guy instead of a beholder you know like i don't know if they're gonna enable you to import your own models or how that kind of customization is going to work it certainly would be possible i would think but it really depends on how much they open it up well why don't we talk a little bit about workshop content greg take it away uh so if you're not familiar with the steam workshop um the way it works is they have a built-in interface that game developers can enable so that you can browse and download and rate and favorite and follow and do all the things that you'd want to do for custom mods and content for games all built into the steam interface so you can go right from the game uh the the most integrated games with steam workshop allow you to just subscribe to things and then it automatically appears in your game you don't have to put things in the right directories you don't have to do any kind of extras and installers it's all super convenient super easy all the content currently on the workshop is free they toyed briefly with doing paid content and whatnot but right now it's all free so it's people with a passion for the game making stuff and it's really easy to go check out you know what the highest rate of stuff is and the most popular and kind of what's up and coming so that's why i said you know it really just 
I would be shocked if they didn't do workshop integration because one of the you know the DM mode is so key to this game. It seems like a no brainer. Like I said, not sure about the implementation difficulty there. And I think that's actually a really good bridge into the multiplayer conversation. Alex Basso, you want to be a DM? What has you super jazzed about DMing? Uh, so I, I like that the DM mode is held in check by DM mechanics or in-game mechanics, so that. I won't feel bad when I kill you guys. It's your fault for not being a good party. I'm just doing my job as the DM, using all the tools that are given to me, uh, without you know being unfair and like James said in Neverwinter, throwing down twenty bailers or whatever against a level one party. Um, so I, I love games that bring new type of gameplay, and there's nothing else really like an active dm mode there's been actually a couple of games uh somewhat recently that um seem to be bringing this idea i know there was like a fable legends game which i think like last e3 they showed off and there was a bioware game that has since been uh i know canceled that was supposed to be 4v1 with one person controlling uh, monsters and i love the idea of that i love just you know you're you're the guy pulling the strings so you know there's no other game like it i'm i'm excited to see it Rudy, do you want to be the DM? Do you want to play? How are you going to be experiencing this multiplayer thing? Uh, I'm interested in both of them. The one thing I'm worried about, though, is only controlling one character uh, might not be as fun or satisfying from a tactical perspective, especially for some of the uh, melee-based classes. It might just be clicking on the enemy. It, it, it'll be interesting. It, it sounds like you're going to need a lot of really communication which is always fun for me um, in a multiplayer game like this. Constantly be saying, you know, oh, you, you know, you hit this guy. You know, we, when we play, we talked about metagaming a lot and how you shouldn't be saying that. Your character's not saying that. But this is an instance where we can actually uh, give each other, you know, hints or commands and uh, it's relevant and it's allowed. That is, an, that is an awesome point, Rudy. You know, you, you're not metagaming because you can't. I would imagine that you can't pause, you can't pause. No, in the multiplayer is, yeah. mode, um, the four the four v one multiplayer mode. Anyway, um, so shouting out what to do is kind of be pretty awesome. Um, I'm pretty sure, by the way, that even the fighters, uh, depending on if they, th- you know, if they throw in like the battle master, is it a battle master? Yeah, I'm sure they'll have abilities, you know, but they'll uh, have some abilities and like you it can won't probably be as... for people. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's not. You're not gonna have spells to cast. But on the flip side, right? Um, you'll still have stuff to do. And I think one of the things they've talked about in the E3 previews, which were all really short. Every everyone only got about a half hour. So I wonder if that's you know they obviously did that on purpose. They kind of it sounded like everyone was running through this one spider dungeon, which is interesting. That makes sense that they would set it up like that. But even within that little half-hour demo that all the journalists got, you know, they've got the thief scouting, and and they have a radius around them for detecting traps, right? So it sounds like folks will have stuff to do. You can go into like perception mode. It sounded like, you know, I'm I'm inferring a lot from people's descriptions of things, but I still think you'll have stuff to do, and I love 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 splitting the party so that, that'll be a good way to actually distract the dm running an advantage i wonder how effective that would be can you do that i thought you're forced to stay in the same room are you i don't know oh 
Well, maybe Demo I saw had a clear path that the party had to follow. Yeah, but that's, I mean, like I said, yeah. this, is, this is a canned thing. They don't want to have people go off the rails too much because, you know, their game is still, uh, still probably doing some final development and polishing and stuff. I would imagine they got a couple months allocated for test, but, you know, so they don't want to go too crazy. But, I mean, if you can't split the party, if you have five PCs, I mean, you know, computers, not player characters uh <laughs> if you can't split the party then what's that seems kind of silly it's a computer game you gotta be able to split the party right mm-hmm. that's one of the benefits man <laughs> <laughs> so greg what is it that you're excited about the multiplayer experience i love that it's balanced like mm-hmm. alex said or at least it's going to be somewhat balanced. There'll be some back and forth, some kind of seesawing. I'm really excited to, to run through other people's dungeons with all you guys. I'm kind of hoping that like the 4v1 isn't a hard cap. That's one thing that you know we talk about how easy it is to do, seemingly easy it is to do drop-in of Sword Coast Legends. And... I feel kind of bad that we're constantly comparing it to Neverwinter Nights, but Neverwinter Nights is an amazing game. And this really seems like the spiritual successor to that game in a lot of ways. I'm going to ignore Neverwinter Nights too. Um, One of the cool things that uh, Neverwinter Nights did was kind of allow for this larger open world, a lot higher player cap and stuff like that. I'm going to guess that they're not going to do anything like that based on um, Dan Touch's comments about scope right and i think they're probably smart for doing that it's probably a good decision because it's gonna be really tough to do something that open but i'm still a little sad seriously when when alex said i can't wait to be a dm i got i got all tingly like that's gonna be a really fun tactical challenge so i'm really excited about that probably more than anything else for the multiplayer vegas lancaster I know you said you are a little hesitant about the uh, multiplayer, perhaps because of past Diablo experiences. How do you feel about this thing? Because you know that we are going to be asking you to play with us. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how the DM and the 4v1 function actually plays out in reality. Because uh, it, it could turn out a couple of ways. Uh, you know, obviously, like anything else, it could be a clunky dud that people don't really like uh it could be a really cool uh alternative way to play D where a uh the dm player uh can lead players through a storyline and there's uh that kind of improvisational interactive experience on top of a video game which could be a really cool unique way to play games or maybe when it gets into the hands of the community and they're allowed to play around with it, that 4v1 experience uh, with uh, one player having a different set of tools than the other four could create a whole new way of playing games that we've never seen before. Just like letting the community play around in Warcraft 3, that's how we invented Dota. Um, yeah maybe something like that could happen if you hand it over to the players and let them play around with it. Uh, So who knows? Who knows is always exciting. Vegas, I really got to give it to you. I think you may have just convinced me that I'm more excited about the multiplayer with that last point. 
Um, <laughs> no! <laughs> you might all Welcome. be all. You might be all by yourself, man. I'm. I've, I've just been thinking about in terms of, you know, just straight D and D. You got your DM. You got your four players, but. Holy cow, man. Depending on how much they open this up and how much freedom they give you with the scripting and the DM, people could come out with some really out there crazy stuff. And that is just really something that's pretty tantalizing. You know, like, who would have thought you'd get something like Dota out of Warcraft 3? I mean, people that played... Never mind. Who would have thought you'd get something like Dota out of Warcraft 3 and... I can't wait to see Sword Coast Legends Dota. I was just saying, you know, Alex is talking about smashing us, but um, if a DM who has a more story-based campaign in mind was to take over something like this, it could be really interesting because they could inhabit NPCs, and I'm pretty sure the game has a voice support, and do voices, and it's just a whole new sandbox for a creative dungeon master to use. It doesn't have to be four versus one. Uh, in true, in that man. competitive sense, That's it could be true. more interactive and uh, uh, I think more interesting that way. So, All my but, games yeah. will consist of dungeons only. <laughs> no dragon, no dragon. Well, dragons oh, in well, I mean, dragons, dragons in dungeons. Oh, okay. right. yes. <laughs> just to piggyback off that, I think I wonder if it does include voice support, right? Um, maybe it'll make people feel a little more comfortable to inhabit their characters. You know, that's something that. Jeez, I mean, I've been playing RPGs for like 20 years, and that's something that took me a long time to feel comfortable sort of trying to act out through the personality of my character. Not that everyone has to do that, but I think it's something that's a lot of fun, and maybe this will enable more people to try out that sort of experience where they can get kind of behind the avatar on screen and not worry so much and be able to lose themselves in that character a little in a more story-focused campaign. Like you said, you know, speaking of story focused campaigns, though, James, would you ever consider maybe running a little exploration age in this? Like as a DM, thinking about this tool, right? We have we have a real life DM in front of us, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and as that person, someone who's used various tabletop tool, uh, various um, online virtual tabletop tools, obviously you've gamed a ton in person. Do you think you'd try it out? Yeah, yeah. I would love to be able to build some Exploration Age stuff in here. And I've definitely already been thinking about that. And I I think we're going to see a lot of people go ahead and try to build their homebrew world stuff. Uh, So I'm excited to to see how all that turns out for sure. Cool. I hope the cap is raised from five uh, to like seven. Player cap. Oh, player. Well, they five pay for it. Not they would. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> they will not do anything like that. That would be <laughs> insane. It's, also, okay, I know it's we already don't. an extra twenty-five bucks if you want to play with a beholder, <laughs> <laughs> special beholder. Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, I know we've talked about some of the business stuff and some of our fears about the DLC, and maybe this is super naive of me. And full disclosure, one of my buddies does work for Endspace. From the interviews with all these folks running this game, I, I can't believe that they would do something that grimy. You know, you know what I think this is about this game that's getting everyone so excited, and how they pretty much won E3 and rocked it at GDC, and it really just seems like the total package. I mean, obviously, we'll have to wait for September eighth. It's I'm, the D and D video game you've always wanted. 
Yeah. And that's like, what I'm, that's no, what I think everybody's so excited for about. I hope we don't get burned. I don't think we will. Like <laughs> there's there's this tiny itty bitty little pixie in my brain who's like, Well it it might not be great. My pixie <laughs> just drinks too much and smokes, I guess. I don't know. But this this game really seems like it. Like what we've been waiting for. Uh I will say that the publisher of this game is Digital Extremes, who are best known for their MMO Warframe. And I've played a handful of hours of Warframe, and I will say it is a free-to-play game with a lot of free content. It does not feel grimy in terms of the DLC options or the, the route that they've gone. So I am on your side, Greg. I am hopeful and uh, uh, positive with yeah. with the future and of this game. I'm a cynical I, I guy, but I can't... I can't help it. <laughs> I, I, I think that they have a possible huge brand on their hands right now. And I, I don't think they'll be doing things to mess it up and chase people off. So I, I'm hopeful as well. And my hope is that, uh, you know, people will check out this game who have never played D&D before and it will turn them on to D&D. Absolutely. Uh, and it has the potential for that. So uh, if this becomes as big a brand as we think it could, that's a great thing, too. I was just wondering if you guys, you know, we talked about single player and we talked about the four four in one multiplayer, right? The strict multiplayer, custom content stuff. Is anyone thinking about the co op single player campaign? Because I don't think that's really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Did like, they say uh, the single player was co op? I, yeah. I know in one of the videos they dropped in, they turned a single player like dungeon into a multiplayer experience. I imagine it's going to be able to be done multiplayer. Uh, but personally, I don't like uh, these big single R- single player RPGs as multiplayer experiences. I didn't really enjoy whenever I played Baldur's Gate with friends. I you know it's just like there's all this dialogue you need to listen to, and I don't like feeling rushed. And it's def- it's also just a different game. Uh, Playing Sword Coast Legends, playing Dragon Age alone is like a tactical experience where, you know, I pause a lot, I plan everything out. If I'm playing it online, there's no pause, it's just, it changes the game. So, to me, I'd like to keep those experiences separate. All right, guys, I think that's going to do it for this podcast. Where can people find you, Rudy Basso? Hey, you can follow me on Twitter at Rudy Basso, R-U-D-Y-B-A-S. So also listen to our podcast, D&D V&G. It features all four of these guys. It does not stand for Vegas and Greg. Every month here on the Tome Show Network, last month we took a look at Dark Sun, Shattered Lands. Go ahead and give it a listen. It was a fun one. Excellent, excellent. And Alex Basso, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at yo underscore Alex Basso. Boom. Give me a follow, please. Maybe, please. <laughs> and Vegas Lancaster, where can people find you? Oh, I'm sure you could look me up on Twitter or Facebook, or you could check out my brand new website, VegasLancaster.com. Yes, for all your Vegas Lancaster information needs, including upcoming stand-up show dates and towns and stuff. Ooh, that sounds exciting. And Greg Blair, where can people find you? You could find me on VegasLancaster.com all the time now, but if you wanted to like talk to me instead, uh, you can check me out on Twitter at NTS underscore QPOP. I'm also on Steam at NTS QPOP if you want to play some Dota or, you know, whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> All right, and people, if you want to talk to us about Sword Coast Legends, you can head over to thetomeshow.com and comment in the show notes for this episode 
or you can leave us a comment on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the Tome Show. Special thanks to Jeff Greiner for letting us join the Tome Show lineup and an extra special thanks to Sam for getting this podcast out there on the airwaves. Our theme music, which you're listening to right now, was composed by Eric Michaels. Don't forget to go to thetomeshow.com and use the affiliate links whenever you shop on Amazon or D&D Classics to help support the show. And hey, if you like the show, please rate the Tome Show on iTunes and like us on Facebook. Keep on rolling and keep on listening to the Roundtable.